What's up, bro? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand New Show. As you know, as every wrestling WWE pay per view event is wrestling life, and like always, Brand New Show on all podcast platforms, social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook. As you see in my face, I'm about to go crazy. <laughs> and YouTube channel, Brand New Show. Of course, go there first, man. What the fuck just happened? Oh my! Yo, okay, let's be real for a second. Okay, listen, I am a huge, just like everyone, is a huge CM Punk fan. But I wasn't too keen on him coming back to WWE because if it never happened, my hands are shaking. That's how crazy this shit is. If it never happened, then cool. If it never happened, then cool. It is what it is. No harm, no foul. It is what it is. To see tonight, the whole crowd was either gathered for Randy Orton return or CM Punk coming back to WWE. To see that just a moment ago. And I love how WWE does it. Triple, You could tell Triple H is really... In motherfucking charge. Because what's he do? He gives you the NXT closeout spot. You think it's over. They get the logo out there. They let you see the trademark. WWE. They let you see the trademark. You think, oh man, pay-per-view's over. And that fucking music hits. Cultural personality. Cultural personality. Oh my god. That shit hit and you just immediately is like, Yo, they really got him back. What the fuck is going on? It takes literally nothing to see something like that. That is crazy. CM Punk is back at WWE. What the fuck? That is how you also know Vince is no longer in charge. Because Triple H knows bygones is bygones. Shit happened a long time ago. We're going to move on. We're going to cross that bridge. It's over. But now that CM Punk is back at WWE... What's next? Because you can't just put him in a in a normal rivalry. That like that's a that is a oh shit. Oh, I'm gonna get into that tomorrow. I'm talking about that. <laughs> that's his own separate episode, man. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But CM Punk is back in WWE. Holy shit! Wow, that is a never say never. It really is. It's like never say never. You never freaking know. But CM Punk is back in WWE. That shit is crazy. Crazy. God damn it. Oh my god. That shit just really happened. Holy fuck. Anyway, this is WWE Survivor. <laughs> this is Wrestling Life. Uh, WWE Survivor Series uh, 2023 Roar Games. Rate and review show. As you know, I am Brian Janu. I am the host. I had to get that out of the way because, of course, everybody's going to be, like, going crazy in the next couple of minutes <laughs> on wrestling. Twitter's already losing it. Like, see, I'm back. Like, it's, 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 we're like kids at Christmas. We just, we just, we, we wanted the gift and then we got it and it's like, oh, shit, it happened. Um, but like I said, man, I, I was one of those, like, if he comes back, it's awesome. I would love to see him back at WWE. Thank all the rivalries he can create now. Him and Seth, him and Randy being back, which I'm going to talk about with my rating review show. Um, 
Yeah, man. All of the matches he could get into, man. All the robberies. Now people are going to start screaming, maybe CM Punk should be throwing Roman Reigns, which I don't think that should happen at all. <laughs> at all. He should not be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. Keep it the same. Cody Rhodes versus Roman at WrestleMania 40. Now, Seth versus CM Punk at WrestleMania 40 now looks a little bit more intriguing to me. But I would love to see Gunther and Seth, too. So, I don't know what's going to happen. But I damn sure know this. Survivor Series was amazing. Um, They gave you some classic fucking matches. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I barely have a bad match on here. I gave a lot of matches a high, high bar. Um, Because there's only five matches on the card. Uh, so I'm going to start with my least favorite match, and you know how I do this. I rate it from least, my least favorite match to my most favorite match. Like I said, I don't really have that many lows, so I have literally in the five matches, I have four of them with five stars. <laughs> I have four of them with five stars, so let's just get that out the way. Um, but let's get into it, man. Um, my lord, my least favorite match on the card, though. Gave it four stars. Um, and that was Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark for the Women's World Heavyweight Championship. I gave it four stars. I actually thought it was actually a really good match. But it was just, it just, it. This was the best match Rhea had since she's been champion. And that's saying a lot. Like, this is the best match she's had since being champion. The Raquel Rodriguez match is kind of bad. Um,. You know, the five-way was okay at Crown Jewel. It was better because there was a lot of them in it. But, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the Selena Vega at uh, Backlash was, was really bad. So she's not really had that many quality matches. And she hasn't really defended the title that much either. So it's kind of hard to put her in a, in a robbery with anyone. It's, it's kind of hard to put a robbery together with uh, Aria Ripley because she is so dominant. And you built her so dominant. So it's kind of hard to put her in a match with someone. That's why I feel like Becky Lynch is clearly going to win the Royal Rumble. Like, that is the obvious choice because there is nobody you can put in the match with Rhea that you can even feel like she can lose to right now. And that's the biggest thing. And also, they haven't fought yet. So that's another thing that they're building. They're building that storyline, which they've been building for, like, a damn year, technically. It's the same thing with, like, the Bianca one that they just let fade off into the distance. Which is another one. I would not mind if Bianca actually won the Royal Rumble and fought real. Like, I don't want to see her fight, you know, EO Sky at WrestleMania. I would rather see her fight real. Like, that match would be amazing to see. I've also been a component of saying, let Shayna fight real. But it seems like it's going to be Shayna and Rhea at Royal Rumble instead of them fighting them at WrestleMania. But I get my match, whatever. But it's like two matches Rhea can have at WrestleMania. Becky and Bianca. I would love to see one of those matches. I do not want them to go off course and try to put somebody else in it or have Rhea fight Charlotte again. But this isn't Vince running WWE. This is Triple H. So clearly he knows what he's doing, and I'm going to let him cook. I'm going to let him cook. But, yeah, this was – was. I didn't expect this match to be bad because I thought Zoe would come in and kind of give her a little bit more of an effort because she isn't somebody Rhea has fought really one-on-one before. Whereas for Raquel Rodriguez, you've had matches with her. We've kind of seen that already. Uh, Nia Jax, same. It's like we've seen that before. So Zoe Stark was a completely different entity to fight real. But again, nobody expected Zoe to beat her. Uh, I actually thought Trish would come back tonight. Uh, Trish Stratus would come back and cause Zoe to match, which 
it was pretty interesting. Nobody really got involved in any of these matches. This is another thing about Triple H. Cleaning victories. Well, most of cleaning victories. You know what I'm saying? If except if the storyline fits for somebody to jump in, aka Roman Reigns. But for the most part, these are clean victories. These people are pinning them, beating them cleanly. So it's kind of like, yep, they're done. Okay, we move on to the next person on the, on the card. Um, like I said, it wasn't a bad match. I thought it was, compared to the matches that was on this card, it was like, after you go from a war games to Intercontinental Championship match to literally one of the best Lutra-style matches in a, in a minute on a pay-per-view, like, like it felt like NXT. Then you go to that, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is kind of why it is the filler match before we get to the main event. So, yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought I gave it four stars, not nothing too crazy. Maybe I might be overrating it because of maybe I might be overstarring it because of the card it was on and compared to the matches that it was on there with. Maybe I am giving it a little bit more of a boost. But it wasn't a bad match. I mean, it wasn't a bad match at all. Actually, like I said, Zoe gave her a match that a lot of people probably couldn't give her. So I gave it four stars. I gave it four stars. Now, again, that was my least favorite match. The, you must know that the rest of these matches are all five. So, of course, like always, if I got so many five-star matches, I go to my least favorite five-star match. Not saying it's not a great match because it's five stars. It's just not the match that I got up. It was like, yo, this shit's great. Um, and that's, and and starting it off with, um, so I got like, like I said, five, uh, starting it off with my least favorite five-star match, um, still a five-star match though, (laughs) still a five-star match, and that is the Judgment Day versus Team Cody War Games match, men's War Games match. It's five stars, but it's only five stars because of the ending. Randy Orton comes back, he, he comes back. Finally, we all finally found out. I saw a lot of people being like, Judgment Day needs to win. Here's the thing about people on social media. Judgment Day and Damage Control should have never won these war game matches. Why? Judgment Day, for one reason, is like, Judgment Day is not like the bloodline. Like I said, when I did this against, what, the Crown Jewel, when I talked about, Crown, about Crown Jewel, Judgment Day is not like the bloodline. The bloodline was dominant for like a year. Like, a good stretch of, like, that time period. Roman was unbeatable. And the Usos were the tag team champions, and you knew they were the tag team champions. They were the best in, in, the, in, in the company as a tag team. And on top of that, um, Solo hadn't been in, in that many matches yet. And Sami Zayn just boosted that storyline so well. It made that storyline. Judgment Day has none of that going for them. The only thing Judgment Day has now is the conversation of who's the leader. Which is the problem I had with this shit in the first place. Was Edge was the leader. And then you got rid of him so you didn't have a leader. So now the biggest problem with the Judgment Day is who's the leader. This is very simple. Damian Priest is the fucking leader. But he isn't the leader. Because Rhea's more impactful. So who the fuck is the leader? Here's the thing. Finn can't claim it. Dom can't claim it. And um, J.D. McDonough can claim it. It's really between Damien and Rhea. And those are the only two. Those are the first two members of Judgment Day. Those are the first two people that ever got into Judgment Day. Was Damien Priest and Rhea Ripley. So if it isn't one of those two, I don't want to hear the rest of this shit about no leader shit. And by the way, that's the storyline. It's literally between her and him. Who's the leader of Judgment Day? 
And for me personally, it should be Damien. It should be Damien Priest. It really should be Damien Priest because he was the first fucking member of Judgment Day. He was the first. He was the first person in Judgment Day. He is senior money in a bank. He is the undisputed team champion. He should be the leader of Judgment Day. The problem with this shit is, is that you keep playing this idea like he shouldn't be the leader. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit on the planet. The problem with the Judgment Day, I said a long time ago, was they were going to run into this problem eventually, where it's like, you don't have a leader. See, with the bloodline, Roman was the leader. The problem with the Judgment Day was you try to continue to play that role of there is no leader. That was the problem what I had when they got rid of Edge in the fucking group. I said, eventually, that's going to bite them in the ass when it comes down to certain situations. Well, guess what? It's biting them in the ass. The Judgment Day is not as dangerous as the Bloodline was. Bloodline had a real main eventer, a real captivating characters. You had somebody like a Paul Heyman who didn't have to get his hands dirty. He knew how to work the business. He knew how to get shit done. For the Judgment Day, it's not the same. And I think you saw it in this War Games match. This shit was kind of... It's kind of fucking boring, to be honest with you. Like, it was nothing too exciting about it. I mean, the only exciting part was Randy Orton coming back. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it was nothing too exciting. Like, they try to give this Sam Malora, like, the bloodline. Like, they beat everybody down. and But it's it's none of that. It, it didn't feel like that. It felt like, oh, this shit is just dragging on. Like, it's, it's a dragging on match. Now, I love the match, but... Last year's War Games match was 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 captivating because it was a storyline in it. You know, is Jay gonna ever really accept Sammy? Is you know, is Sammy going to turn on the bloodline and join Kevin Owens? It was like that was a storyline in that shit. This was just nothing. It was just like, oh, we're just fighting these dudes because they keep fucking with us. Like <laughs> it was like, and it was a good match. It was just. It just dragged on and on and on. And until Randy Orton came out, it was like the most, it was like, okay, this is decent. It's cool. You know, I got to see, you know, Cody and Seth team up for the first time ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was pretty cool to see that. And But outside of that, that like this match, the match was okay. It was really okay. And then Randy Orton came out and it was like, oh, no, this is why, this is why it makes sense. And by the way, they did this like Kevin Owens. I love how they did this. They did it like Kevin Owens for NXT. Well, unlike the NXT situation, because NXT, when they did their War Games match, uh, War Games match Undisputed Era versus um, Keith Lee, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, and uh, Dajakovic, when they did their War Games match, and Kevin Owens, like they had no tag team partner until literally the last second, and Kevin Owens popped up. They kind of tried to do that with this one. It got the pop because Randy Orton popped up. <laughs> and it got what you needed. But, again, it goes into what I said. Judgment Day did not need to win this match. I know people are going to get mad on social media. Why the fuck Judgment Day lost? Because they don't have the same allure of a bloodline. They've been losing. Why, this, why are you now shocked that Judgment Day lost? And what happens if they would have won? What happens? Does Drew join Judgment Day? Because that shit is still a storyline that they're going to keep playing on until Drew just 100% says, I'm the leader of Judgment Day. Which I think that's really what it's going into, is that Drew is going to join Judgment Day and immediately become the leader. 
because they need a main event talent and a guy that can actually carry the fucking Judgment Day. The way they're moving right now is that, like I've been saying for, since the shit was formed and they kicked the edge out, it doesn't make sense. You saw it tonight. It doesn't make sense. And again, on Randy, on Cody Rose's team, who the fuck was taking a pin? Jay Uso wasn't taking a pin. Sammy wasn't taking a pin. Seth wasn't taking a pin. And Cody wasn't taking a pin. So who the fuck was going to take a pin? You had two people on Judgment Day that could take the pin. Jada McDonough and uh, Dominic Mysterio. It was like, that was kind of like a no-brainer for why this match was going to go the way it went. I don't know why people were so, like, animate, like, Judgment Day need to win. No, they don't. No, they don't. Because now I create this conversation of Drew McIntyre playing with the Judgment Day and probably saying, fuck it, I join you, but I'm now the leader, which creates the rift between him and Damian Priest which helps prolong that situation. And by the way, they got to get that briefcase off of Damian Priest. It's getting to the point now where it's like, as good as Damian Priest is and as good as he showed in this, this War Games match, when you have him in a match against Seth and Cody and Randy and Sammy and Jay Uso, like you can't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't mind seeing Drew beat Damian Priest and take the money in a bank briefcase. I, I just, it's getting to the point where it's just like, you got to get the briefcase off of Damian Priest at some point. Either cash the fuck in or just let it go. It's getting to that point of Austin Theory where it's like, you got the briefcase for so long, it just like, it doesn't make any sense to have it now. Cash in. Just get it over and done with. Let it die because the longer he has his briefcase, the longer it's like, what do you do with it? Because eventually, it's going to get to a point where you can't cash in on someone. Not cashing in on Roman. And set is getting to the point where it's like, we know the plan for set is going to be either he's going to fight CM Punk at WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight Championship or not. He's either fighting CM Punk at WrestleMania with no title on the line or he's fighting um, Gunther for the championship at WrestleMania. It's either one or the other. So it's getting to the point of like, you got to figure this out. And like I said, it's getting to the point where Damian Priest can't probably cash in on anyone, and it's getting it's getting bad. So you gotta you gotta figure this shit out. But I gave it uh five stars. That fucking ending was crazy. The fuck they <laughs> they threw Jada McDonough off the fucking they threw this nigga off the stage, and Randy already caught his ass with the RKO. Oh, that shit was wrong, bro. That shit was wrong. The fucking draping DDT, like last year when they did the the uh, the uh, the Sheamus move, they did that shit with Randy. All the boys caught their ass with the draping DDT. Oh, that shit was beautiful. Yeah, man. But I gave it five stars. This is my least favorite five star match, but it was a good match. It was a good match, but. The ending really saved this match. I'm going to be honest. The ending really saved this match because it wasn't really that great like that. But the ending saved that match, definitely. All right. My third five-star match. My, well, my second five-star match that is not my favorite, but is, you know, is a five-star match nonetheless. And that is, oh, shit, I like both of these matches. I'm going to say Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar. Now, this match is actually supposed to be Carlito, but he got injured last night due to Santos Escobar. Um, I gave it five stars. It's a really good fucking match. The pace of it, 
uh, played into what Santos wanted to play into until it kicked into Dragon Lee's territory. High fat, high uh, impact, quickness. It felt like a lucha, a lucha libre match. It felt like a, a NXT style match, and I think that's why so many people wanted to see it. Um, I wouldn't mind watching this a couple more times. Hopefully, with a title on the line. Um, but yeah, I thought this was the best match you could have asked for. I actually thought it would be the best match of the night because of the potential of it. Santos Escobar could go into the the Lucha Libre style a lot. Drew, Dragon Lee is like well versed in this shit, and I thought it would be the match. But it comes in to me as it's it's a great match. It's a five star match. I wish they would have given it a little bit more time to breathe and let it go crazy. But um, I understand why they couldn't put it too far. And like I said. You put it right before a championship match, it's like, they, they ain't got a chance in hell. And they did that right before Rhea and, and Zoe. They really had no chance. That was the best match you could have asked for. Um, but, yeah, Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar is a five-star match. It's, you know, my second my second favorite, second, but third favorite <laughs> match of the night. My second favorite, just not the my favorite match of the night. My, and that is... Gunther versus The Miz, five-star. Gave five stars in the Continental Championship match. Now, a lot of people are going to sit up here and think I'm crazy for saying this is a five-star match. But compared to what I – listen, I'm I'm not like y'all. I don't have this perceived notion that somebody's just this way for the rest of their career. The Miz has grown, man. The Miz is actually a better wrestler than what people give him credit for. Um – he just plays into the style of what he needs to play into. But this was the best match you could have asked for for the Miz. Like, Gunther is one of the best fucking wrestlers. Bell to bell, man. He's one of the best. By the way, I will be doing my 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 years in wrestling top 10 list of my wrestling matches and my wrestlers and my top 10 favorite wrestlers of 2023. Um, that man name might be on the list. Just saying. Um, Gunther's one of the best. Uh, I don't know what you do now with Gunther. I really don't know. Maybe you do put him back in there with the Royal Rumble with the Miz. Maybe you, I don't know. This is a hard thing to do now because Gunther's getting to that point where Roman Reigns is at, where it's like, you got to be very careful who you put him in the ring with and decide to give the title to, because if you give the title to somebody that can't keep it up to the level that he's at, it's a problem now. With Roman, I feel like Cody can do that. Whereas for Gunther, it's very particular of who the fuck he drops that title to. Now, some people are saying, let the Miz beat him in at the Royal Rumble. I don't think he should beat him at the Royal Rumble. I actually think if they want to play this, and this is this is two scenarios, you let Sami Zayn beat him and take the belt, or you let Jey Uso beat him and take the belt. The problem with the Jey Uso situation scenario is that Jay is going to fight Jimmy at WrestleMania. So it's kind of hard to have him fight a Gunther and beat him and take the belt if you're going to have him already fight Jimmy at WrestleMania. Because I don't want to see an interpromotional title match. It's stupid. Jay, Jimmy's on SmackDown. Jay is on Raw. Keep it that way. Now if Jay goes to SmackDown, now we're having a whole different conversation, but Let's say they keep this ideal going that way where Jay stays on Raw. Well, then you need to let Jay after WrestleMania beat Gunther, which means 
going to keep the title until WrestleMania, which, again, it runs into a massive fucking problem with you. Who do you get to beat Gunther? He's already beat Bronson Reed. He's already... Now, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Ivar fight at WrestleMania at, at uh, Royal Rumble. That shit would be crazy. Um, But again, it runs into the, the, the problem. Like, who do you get to beat Gunther? Because Nas is, is, is a problem. Maybe they do give Miss another shot, and maybe he does beat him. But they did the same shit with... Uh, Chad Gable for like a couple months and he didn't beat him. Then it was Tommaso Ciampa's turn and he didn't beat him. It's just, so it's just like you're running into a problem with Gunther. You gotta give him, unlike Roman Reigns, I want Gunther to keep the title. Like I don't see the point of him dropping it outside of he's going to fight Set at WrestleMania. Now if he's not going to fight Set and Set is going to drop the title before then to maybe Drew or someone like that, then you have to have a backup plan. But if Seth keeps the title to WrestleMania and Gunther is his, is his opponent, then cool. Let that be that. And I would love to see it. But, again, it runs into a problem. You run into a problem with this, this title match. The title reign of Gunther, where it's like, he's so good. You don't want him to drop the title. But when he does drop the title, you got to be goddamn damn near on his level. You can't just be somebody that just popped up or somebody that kind of was undercard and you got to be somebody that can keep that title to that bar. If not, then don't give up. Then he shouldn't drop the title. Now, do I think the Miz is that guy? I don't know. The match tonight gave me a lot of like, yeah, he could be again. He could be that guy again. I don't know. But what I do know is this. Gunther's one hell of a champion. And again, like I said, you're running the risk of where Roman Reigns is at, where you got to be very particular of who you give the title to. Unlike Roman, I would not mind seeing Gunther keep the Intercontinental Championship up to WrestleMania. I would not mind it. And then drop it at Backlash at, against Jey Uso. I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind that at all. The match all in all was five stars. I thought it was a really good match. Like I said, the Miz played into the face heel, the anti-heel face kind of thing. Uh, You know, Lord Bowen going through to get the advantage in a match, trying to win the match. But that ending is perfectly done. Like, you couldn't even ask for anything better than that. Miz was already kind of Winston at his back a lot in the match. So when Gunther applies the Boston Crab, which is a move you don't see people tap out to, especially when he put his knee on him, people usually get out of that move. I don't care how you do it, but you get out of that move. The fact that... He put his knee on his back and then sat down on it. Oh, that shit was like, the man's like, ah, shit, okay. That was, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is, this is a real wrestler. Like, holy fuck, like, this is, this is different. But, um, yeah, I gave it five stars. And <laughs> my favorite match of the night, it was a match that kicked it off, and that is, Damage Control versus Team Bianca. Women's War Games match. I gave this five stars and it was easy. This was the easiest five-star match I could ever find on the on the fucking planet. This was an easy five-star match. Um, One, it was four, not five, which was... I actually like that. I actually like that. I actually think it's a, it's a good 
way to do war games. I actually, when there was in NXT, it was more ways you could fix, you could make the the, the matches with war games. When it's four on four, I like the fact that this was four on four. I know it was kind of like thrust together so fast, but it's exactly what I expected it to be. I wanted it to be like this. Um, for the most part, man, damage control is going to break up. <laughs> They're going to break up. Now, here's where this kind of gets a little bit interesting. Because if they break up, and clearly we all know, Bailey's going to be the person that's getting kicked out. It's kind of obvious. They're going to pull an edge. They're going to take out the damn rope. Here's the problem with that, though. Bailey took a lot of punishment for damage control at the end. She kept saving the match for the ass. So now it's starting to get to the point where it's like, if you kick her out, by the way, that creates the sympathy. She becomes a massive face now because of the fact that her group did this to her knowing that she would sacrifice herself for this. And that's exactly what the fuck she did in this match. Um, This match was so good, man. Uh, to say it was the first match, it... It started it off and it never got off. Like the, the like the roller coaster stayed at stayed at the incline and it just never fucking fell. It just stayed at the top. This was one of the reasons why this match was so incredible, man. It was really good, man. Um, this felt like a match that you could be proud of if you were like a women's wrestler. Like this was a match that was really good, man. They gave you exactly what you wanted. They played with the crowd's emotions where, you know, every time somebody would come out the cage, they'd be screaming for tables and the fucking heels would be like, you want a table? Man, fuck y'all. I ain't getting this damn table. Fuck you. <laughs> Grabbing this fucking table. Are you kidding me? It was so good, man. And it was great, man. The dynamic of all of these women. Of course, man, finally seeing pretty much pulling a Jay and Sammy in a cage well, they did it after the match. They didn't do it in the fucking, during the fucking match, but they did it after the fucking match. But to see pretty much Becky and Charlotte pretty much hug and say it's over, the beef is over, the rivalry's done, we're, we're cool again. Maybe they're never going to be cool again, but to this time, it was, it, was, it was a real respect there. And to watch this match, like I said, Bailey took a lot of fucking bumps in this match, which we got to give Bailey a lot of rewards. She is, she takes the most bumps out of all of their fucking asses. Like, that is crazy. Um, she took a spear for Kyrie Sane. Then she took a, like, a, a, a Spike Dugley, like, the Spike Dugley move. I forgot what the fuck you used to call that shit. But Spike Dugley used to do it when I was, like, um, and, uh, Shotzi did that to her. Then she took a, a, a KOD from, uh, Bianca Belair. And then she took, literally, a manhand slam for Becky Lynch from the top rope and went through a table. Like, Bailey took a lot of bumps in this fucking match, and I got to give her a lot of credit for that shit. Um, but, yeah, man, this match was really good. Now, the dynamic, like I said, damage control is clearly going to break up. We already know this. Becky's now going to go back to Raw. She's not going to stay on SmackDown. The conversation really does switches into who gets the title match at Raw or Rumble, and how do you make these storylines fit now? Because, yeah, Damage Control broke up. Damage Control is going to break up. And they might do what they did with the bloodline to Damage Control at Raw Rumble. Where it's like, Bailey trying to help EO keep the title. And instead, and this is the reason why I think that's going to be the match. It's going to be EO versus Bailey for the fucking Women's Championship. It's not going to be Charlotte. It's not going to be Bianca. I think Bianca is going to go fight. I think, 
that's so many fucking crazy scenarios that could happen with that because I don't think Charlotte and Bianca need a title. Becky didn't need a title. Like, she could fight Rhea and beat Rhea and get the title, but I don't think she needs the title. Whereas for Bianca is getting to the point where Charlotte's at, where it's like, you don't really need a title, bro. You could just fight someone, and it's great. And that's where I kind of think it kind of runs into a risk of, we still haven't seen Jay Cargill yet in WWE. So does she get her first match against Bianca at WrestleMania 40? Or Charlotte at WrestleMania 40? Because it's one of the two. I wouldn't mind seeing one of them two fight Jay Cargill at WrestleMania 40. Now, what you do with the other one is kind of the hard, the, 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 the hard part. Or maybe you just keep him off of WrestleMania. Which sounds so fucking crazy to say, but maybe you do. Or maybe they team up with Shotzi to fight damage control and a triple threat and a six-woman tag. I don't fucking know because clearly Oscar and Kyrie is going to be still together. If they do sign someone from New Japan and bring them into WWE, that's another member. Or uh, Dakota Kai. She could be back by then. So you can have a six-woman tag with Charlotte, Bianca, and Shotzi at WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? And still have EO versus Bailey beat a title match. All in all, man, this was the best match that I've seen all night. It was the first match, and it was the best match. Uh, EO taking the fucking trash can again, putting it on her head, and jumping off the fucking cage. Um, like I said, Bailey at the end taking all the bumps. Um, this was the best match, man. This was the best match. Five stars. So let me go through it again. Rhea and, Sh- and Zoe, four stars. Women's World War Championship match. Judgment Day versus Team Cody was a five-star match. But like my least favorite five-star match of the night. Um, Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar is a five-star match. Gunther versus The Miz, it's got no championship match. It's a five-star match. And, of course, the best match of the night was Damage Control versus Team Bianca. Five-star match. And that was, that was a good one. Um, and of course, like I said, like I started off, CM Punk is back in WWE. Uh, final words, words on that. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what you do with CM Punk. And that's the that's kind of where you run into a risk. And I already know Twitter's going to be jumping out the window screaming, put him against Roman. No. No, 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 no. Um... Him and Seth has had problems in the past, and Seth's been very open about not wanting him to be back in WWE, which is where I think you kind of can now put take the title off of Seth because Seth can fight CM Punk. Now, that runs to the risk of who the fuck do you get the title on, and I don't want to see people scream Damian Priest. Damian Priest gets the title. Who is he? Fight? He's going to fight with Drew? Randy? Like, it's a, it's a running situation where you don't want the World Heavyweight Championship to go from the first person to hold it to now somebody that just be a placeholder. You got to have, like I said with Gunther, you got to have somebody that can beat Seth Rollins and take the belt and keep it up that state. Now, maybe it's Randy Orton. I know Randy came back tonight, but to get a 15th run with the title, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I would not mind seeing it. Randy versus Drew at WrestleMania 40 or Randy versus Gunther. WrestleMania 40, that'd be fucking dope. I would love to see it. 
But what I'm looking at and I'm thinking is really going to happen is that Gunther's going to fight Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 40. I think people are not really looking at this really well. I would love to see Gunther as the World Heavyweight Champion. I just think they're going to wait to give him the belt. I can easily see Gunther versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 40. CM Punk versus Seth at some point. I don't know if it's going to happen at WrestleMania 40 because CM Punk is not going to be the World Heavyweight Champion out the fucking gate. He ain't, this ain't AEW. They're not going to just give him the belt. But the first robbery CM Punk might have might be with Randy Orton. It might be with Randy Orton. You know, uh, maybe it is with Seth. I don't know because this is such an uh, interesting situation. I don't know what you do. With CM Punk, I, I literally don't know what you do. I didn't expect him to come back ever. But since he is back, it's kind of like, I don't know what the fuck you do with him. You can't give him the title match against Seth at WrestleMania 40. You can't. You can't. I'm sorry, you just can't do it. And I fuck with CM Punk, but you just can't do that shit. If you're going to have Seth versus CM Punk, I'd rather it be a grudge match at WrestleMania 40 with no belt on the line. And, I, and, and that, I, that hurts me. Because y'all know Seth is my dude. But I feel like if you're going to do that, it's got to be Seth versus CM Punk, no title on the line. It's just got to be them two fighting each other. Which leaves the World Heavyweight Championship up for grabs. Which is like, do you give it to Damian Priest? Which I feel like is going to be just really a placeholder situation. Or do you let Drew McIntyre beat Seth at Royal Rumble? Which is where I think this is all leading to. Is Seth, CM Punk causes Seth Rollins the title at Royal Rumble. Which creates that energy. Which I'm going to hate because they're going to try to make Seth into the hill. Not WWE, but the fans are going to try to make Seth into the hill. Because they love CM Punk so much. But Seth can play a hill. I mean, let's be real. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. But CM Punk is back. Randy Orton is back. I didn't even get into that shit. Randy Orton is back, man, after 18 months. And like I said, I'll be talking about both of them. Um. I don't know when I'm going to talk about WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm going to talk about them probably, if not tomorrow, Tuesday. I'm going to get into some wrestling life. And I'm going to watch Raw. And I'm going to see what's going on. Um, see if there's more guest appearances coming soon. Because there's been a couple of names that's been rumored to be coming to uh, some call-ups. And some people that are just going to be coming back to WWE. Like the Archers of Pain. Um... But yeah, CM Punk is back in WWE, and Randy Orton, the Apex Predator, is back to RKO people out of nowhere. Till next time, this is Wrestling Life. The next time I'll be doing a Wrestling Life will not be in January. I will be doing one rate and review show for NXT Deadline. I will be doing one December. I gotta check when the date is, but I think it's two weeks from now. Like it's next, not the not next Saturday, but the Saturday after next. So, yeah, so I'll be back for that. And I will be doing also a lot more NXT um, pay-per-views in 2024. That will be a part of my now uh, rate review show. A lot of NXT pay-per-views in 2024. Um, and my next main roster WWE pay-per-view will be the Royal Rumble. Um, and that will be January 27th, 2024. So, two months. Holy shit. Until next time, man. <laughs> Brand new show, man. Rating review show. WWE Survivor Series. Roy Games 2023. It was a classic.
iconic. CM Punk, Randy Orton are back in WWE. Holy 